That sounds terrible. Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Today, we're calling out each other's gifts that God has given us, and Amy's here to talk about her spiritual mentors. But before we devolve into wishy-washy sentiment, now that they think less of themselves because they're so young, let's welcome in our favorite healed people, healing people, Meredith and Barry. <laughs> Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Hello. Hey, guys. Just and a Amy's of here. Transformed people. How long do I have to wear this mask? <laughs> <laughs> That's an oldie. That sounds terrible. You said it. I, did, I said it. I did not mean. Now it sounds like I am opposed to wearing masks. When did which she I am say not. that? When, how, where did you get that clip? I don't know. How long do I have to wear this mask? <laughs> I think Tyler's been going through old sound clips. It's adding totally some new Happy anniversary, I think everybody. It was during oh, the pandemic. Man. And I was, We're still in the pandemic. Well, I mean, during, I don't know, right Listen, after quarantine yeah. and it's stuff. A, even if you do wear masks, I don't think anyone like Nobody loves likes it. it. Yeah. No, and I, but I think, I, I don't think I was... It's okay. Wow. Nobody okay. thinks that you're <laughs> super against masks. This is my favorite part of the sound clips is that there's no context. <laughs> oh man. Oh no. And Amy comes in and it's just, yeah. I tried last week to do sound clips. I just don't have your gift, Tyler, at completely interrupting people's train of thought. He was totally, like he had the right sound clip, <laughs> yeah. but it was about, I don't know, like 10 seconds. beats off. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. too long. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Gosh. Oh, guys, blood in them. I haven't seen you. <laughs> How are you in ages? Yes, it's been a long time. I thought we were gonna have like a whole like hope month series. We'd all be like in it. We got two week after week, and I was only here for one. Yeah, really? Yeah, just the first. Oh wow, it's yeah, very busy. So I haven't been here in a while. What's new? What's happening? What is new? All right. Oh no, uh, no, no, no! I know what's new. I'm trying to think what to tell. So I talked about this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I talked about this last week, but we had a big pocket thunderstorm with extreme winds oh. come through our neighborhood and just our whole neighborhood just got slammed. So many trees down and we lost one gigantic tree and yeah. a bunch of branches. And so I've just been spending like all my, all my free time out there with the chainsaw and the wood chipper and burning lots and lots of things. Was and it a tornado? No, I don't think so. But it was like extreme gusts of wind just all hit all at <laughs> yeah. once. So, so um, I saw you post a picture yeah. of all of the logs neatly piled yeah. in yes. your shed. I mean, it looks like you've got a lot done. I did. Do you have a lot more tree left to process? So there's a massive 60 year old catalpa tree that like two people couldn't put their arms around and touch each other. If they were hugging the tree mm. that is down and I haven't even touched it yet. And I've been working for days. So that pile of wood that you put, that was just that is not branches even that, tree. that fell down no way. or other like two mini trees that fell down those guys and some other major wow. branches that those fell. logs looked, uh, identical in size. Yeah. That's is that perfectly on, is that, uniform? Yeah. Is that per, it, it looks like, I don't know, fake P- pier one or something like I'm at a <laughs> ski lodge. <laughs> no, that is cause they were these two. It was like this does anybody care? Maple trees, <laughs> two of them that Tyler, were, Tyler were very, uh, they were long and thin, very similar, not uh-huh. thin, but like similar, like girth. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, they both fell down next to each other. So yeah. I had to chop them all up. So yeah, they were uniformish sizes. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so you got a lot, lot of work ahead. I'm sore everywhere. Uh, got so last I left you. No, this is last week during the webinar. You, you were prepared to wear your chainsaw chaps. Okay. So he called me out. <laughs> See, look at Marin. In what? The chainsaw chaps. chaps. Family show. Skin rashes happen. <laughs> chaps are just <laughs> things that like, they just go on the front of your pants. You're not, they're not like full pants. But why yeah, are they I, chainsaw? We all know what chaps are. Okay. So <laughs> chainsaws, one of the, the, by far the most common injury on a chainsaw is to your legs. And people are in the hospital all the time and you can cut a vein in your, or an artery in your leg that oh. will kill you. If you don't get yeah. to the hospital in about five minutes. Yeah. And so scary. it's, it's like 80% of, of chainsaw injuries on Gird your legs. Your loins. And so someone has invented these, these chaps, these things that you put on over your pants. You literally do gird your loins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that when the chainsaw, if the chainsaw ever hits them, they're filled with these fibers yeah. that instantly get all gunked up in the chainsaw and the chainsaw just stops working instantly Ooh. rather than rip into your leg and I mean, kill you. It's a great idea. It's, it's like basic. It's like wearing a seatbelt when you're driving. Yeah. It's you like, gotta do it's it. It's so obviously going yeah. to Chainsaw save your life. Where you does one well do go and purchase chaps like these? I mm-hmm. mean, you can get them probably at most 
hardware stores. I bought mine on Amazon. But they're but, chainsaw yeah. graded. Yeah, they're made for chainsaws. It's like mine's like Husqvarna brand. Husqvarna. That's Same my, as my sewing machine. Settle really? down. Yeah. Wow. Look hey. at us. Husqvarna <laughs> over here. The Huskies. Oh <laughs> I did not know they made oh, uh, man. sewing machines. They anyway, make, that's what they're uh, So you're calling me machines. out for chainsaw chaps. No, I'm not calling you out. I just, I, I'm <laughs> curious and weird. interested. Yeah. Anyway, that's what they're for. And I wear them. They're bright orange. I'm very proud of them. Okay. I look like a doofus yeah. walking around. Actually, I look like a lumberjack. Well, the last time we talked about you working in the yard, you were like, with your shirt off. And so I'm picturing you with your chainsaw chaps with your shirt off. <laughs> and no one else? No. Right orange yeah. pants. Oh, family show. All right. Well, uh, I, I work with my shirt on. That was just a, yeah. a joke about a fantasy of chopping wood with my shirt off in the yeah, fall. Yeah, see? Yeah. All right. Uh, what else is new? <laughs> What's happening? Of like being manly. Is, yeah. Anyway, all right. Continue. Moving on. Moving on. That's my life. Mary and Amy, what's going on with you guys? Oh, what is going on? Let's see. Desi's in Florida. I'm getting the play why. By What's play. going on? I'm getting the update. Uh, so Tyler didn't listen to last week's podcast. That's correct. Yeah, he did I, not. He did. I was out of town. I'll fill you in. Podcasts uh, don't go to Arizona. Our friends, the Coddle family, yeah, uh, have taken my daughter to They've Florida. Taken her. Oh, They've taken her to Florida to babysit their little boy, um, and also have a ton of fun. She is going on water slides and she's doing all this awesome. So they're at Universal fun, Universal Studios, Studios stuff. Yeah, but the friends of the pod really want to know what was her first flight like. <laughs> it was it was good. It was good. I I don't think she was going to let anyone know how nervous she was. I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah, but it was. She said that she enjoys turbulence. No, but no, 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 no. That sounds like a very Desi thing to say. She loves roller coasters. She's my (laughs) thrill seeker. She is my absolute thrill seeker. Yeah. I was on a plane one time and uh, when we landed, it like bounced. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes turbulence. Did you make it? (laughs) Yeah, we we made it. I don't care if it bounces when you land. It's up in the air that scares me because that's when you might go down. (laughs) <laughs> when it bounces, when you land, you're landed. It's done. You feel well, like no, you're it, at least like, on the ground. Yeah, like, I'm on the like, ground. I'm safe. Not like like bounce, bounce. It was like bounce up. We're going back up. Oh, oh, oh. oh well, you didn't explain that. Yeah, I've had a bouncy landing before. I don't believe I've ever been airborne afterwards. <laughs> Every time like I've so. ever flown into Indianapolis, it gets super, 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 well, super turbulent. Yeah, yeah. Right as we're descending into the Indianapolis <laughs> airport. So, did you like drop her off at the terminal? Like no. wave out the window. Do you know how sad this was? I was working. Oh, <laughs> and she got picked up at like 11 a.m. on oh. Sunday morning, so I wasn't even there to like say, send her off yeah, and like, say goodbye. Yeah, just stare her out the, the window. Airport, watch oh, yeah. her walk through the oh, doors. Come on. No, none of that. But uh, good it. report. She's she's happy to be down she there. She is having a blast, and Great. I am thrilled for That's her. Awesome. Right. I'm thrilled for her. Good fun. Yeah, Amy, what's up with you? Nothing. Okay, just, thanks I mean, for really, coming. I don't have a lot going on. My daughter went to college, and yeah, you got. You, uh, your daughter went to college two weeks ago, maybe three. Yeah. Three sure. weeks ago, August 14th, and, whatever uh, that is. You have seen her a couple times yeah. since then, right? Yeah. You're doing all right. You've, you're, you're one child away from empty nest. No, I'm two because some other people are back. At home, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to name names, They're but back. that's just the way it's going. Okay. But yeah. I've got a freshman in high school and then someone else yeah. and <laughs> Awkward yep. silence. <laughs> and the oldest is yeah. living in Nashville, Tennessee, and she's doing okay. All right. And then Annie, the third, went off to- But everybody's good. Miami of Ohio. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because last time you were here, it was like sad. I don't remember when I was here. I don't it was, get invited it was, by you very much, so I'm just- It was It was like sad. You were looking forward, but dreading no, it. No, I was dreading it, but you know what? I'm okay because she seems okay. Yeah. I think I'd be way worse if she was super sad, but right. I think she's doing okay. Good. Yeah, so it's just a new phase of life. All right. Amy so. and I uh, showed up to work today in matching outfits. Yep. Yes. I mean, literally. You got the, you got the staff uniform I mean, on. It is full on What's head What's going to toe. on here? Can we, <laughs> we, can we describe what they're wearing? It's, <laughs> it's ripped, <laughs> ripped jeans. Yep. Ripped, ripped jeans. Oh. Blue jeans of the exact same color. Yep. Yeah. Um, have, both of you, I can both see are, both of your toes. Yep. We're black, both wearing black and ankles. Black yeah. Yep. Um, black, stri- black and white striped shirts. Pretty much mm-hmm. pinstriped. I mean, there's uh-huh. not, not even yeah. it's exactly yeah. the, exact the same, same size. Of yeah. size stripe. So and like what? Black and then sh- 
what is that? A cover like it's a, a cardigan? A cardigan. cardigan. Black cardigan. Because so what happened? We both know that we might get cold throughout sweater the day. Weather. So we got to wear our already. It's, no. it's sweater weather inside so wait, this building. But, it's sweater weather year round. Twenty four seven. Is this like? The style now, or I mean, obviously. <laughs> or I mean, did you like? Did you like setters? Like, Look are are these new clothes? Moms of teenagers. Like, yeah. We're <laughs> total <Obviously>. teen moms. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know how this happens. Where it's, it's like, like teen I moms. understand when it's teen like moms. the same. <laughs> I don't teen think that's moms. That's what you said, right? I don't think yeah. you're teen moms technically. No, we are. No. We're moms of teens. teens. Sorry, we're moms of teens. <laughs> yeah. but, okay. Sorry, teen moms made it sound like we were eighteen. Yeah, it's off the rails. All right, we got to get this back on track. Eighteen. Yeah. See, this is why you can't. Come that often. No, but it's very, it's very weird that we, I mean, literally, <laughs> we both left when we walked in. We walked in yeah. and it was like, I guess we're doing a concert today or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You what's look happening. like you're wearing a uniform. Well, uh, well, thank you. Yeah, that's, you're welcome. That's, I'm, that's what I was going for. Uniform uh, look. Guys, I was out of town for two weeks. Yes. Thanks for asking what's new with me. Uh, <laughs> I was out of town for two weeks. It was my, our first, like, nuclear family vacation. So we went on like family vacation, which is like 15 people. I don't know, six weeks ago with like Lawrence family. We've done my family vacation, but this is like the four of us going on vacation together. So go to Florida, but it was five of you. Yeah. We brought a babysitter. We brought Lawrence. See, this is, I am this is in a new love concept. with this new concept of babysitters on vacation. It's we not, never took a babysitter. We, yeah. we didn't go on vacation while our kids were little. They were trips. Mm-hmm. Where we just change of scenery, but still doing the same <laughs> yeah, amount that, of work. That's not. That's yeah. not we were good. Doing at home, I this this is a lovely concept uh, yeah. that apparently we did to, not know give about. Give it to millennials to yeah. figure this one out. Yeah, we like, never did anything like no. this either. Lord and I, we want to go to dinner. Here's what it is: it's millennials who are going to think of this kind of way of making their life easier, and it's Gen Z who are the hustlers trying to make more money. Yeah, who are gonna come I guess it is. And uh, they're they're all about the cash. So. I'm just gonna, I mean, we when, didn't pay her. When Jeff and I went <laughs> on a trip with our kids. <laughs> the vacation was the, the vacation. Yeah. vacation is, is the, the pay. Payment. Yeah. yeah, it is the pay. But when we went on vacation and we finally looked at ourselves and we were like, oh my gosh, we can go to dinner yeah. and leave the kids. But that's, that's that was, the whole thing. Yeah, well, we didn't do that. Well, for We went 12 hey. years of struggling through our trips. Yeah. So we, we to wanted to go to dinner a couple times. Uh, I wanted to go golfing a couple of times. And the only way to do that was to have someone else watch the. Yeah, you, it's brilliant. So I did take Milo golfing once with me. Took him for nine holes. Got, did, he, did he love it? Put him in the cart. He loved it. Um, But we got like two holes deep. And it was, you know, it's Florida. And so it's 105 degrees and it, <laughs> everybody's soaking wet. We've got about two holes deep. And Milo says, Dad, are you a loser at golf? <laughs> hey, man, I'm just trying to enjoy my vacation. Get out of the cart. Like, what are you doing? We don't we don't bring that bad juju here. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah. are you a loser? At yes. Golf? <laughs> yes. I'm not good. That's why you felt bad, because yeah. even Milo. At his I know he picked up, he picked up on it. That you're a loser at golf. Like, I don't know the rules, but I could just tell yeah. you're not good. So at you're not the- good. You're not you're not thriving. Yeah, we're not. Thri- I was not thriving to say if he were older. So that was good. Uh, he started school. First time ever. Yep. Wow. And he has a lot um, of homework. Yeah. He's got homework now. <laughs> he came home from school first day and I was like, Hey buddy, how was school? I was FaceTiming him because I was uh, out of town last week. And yeah. I said, right. Hey buddy, how was school? And he goes, good, but I didn't get to learn science. <laughs> <laughs> you're in preschool i don't do you even know what that is i don't know so. i love that he wants to learn science yeah yeah yes that's awesome so anyways that's what's up with me yeah. uh i went away and came back for a weekend of service uh i yeah it was like a layover yeah i went away again <laughs> yeah to a, and now to we're a in a whole new sermon series yeah yep. we are <laughs> All right. So thir- happy 30th, everybody. Yes. yes. We're celebrating oh. our 30th anniversary at Grace Church this That's, whole month. I know. Uh, I can't believe it. It feels like on, on one hand, the 25th anniversary feels about 12 years ago. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I started coming here in like 1997 and that feels like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But hmm. uh, So we're in a new series called Carry On. And Amy's here because you opened up, you kicked us off. I did. So kind of before we get into this past week's sermon, Mm -hmm. somebody tell me what we're doing this month. Like why, why are we celebrating for the whole month? Um, And what's kind of the essence of carry on the sermon series? 
Somebody tell me. Well, the idea actually started from a very practical standpoint, which is that our actual 30th anniversary weekend was also the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And we did Uh, not feel like it was going to be appropriate or tonally appropriate to have a huge blowout, exciting, awesome service on a really kind of grave time memorial. And someone threw out the idea, what if we did the whole month? What if we just kind of celebrated the whole month? And that began a process of thinking through, oh, wow. And then we could do like a museum in the lobby. We could do all this cool Mm -hmm. stuff and have all these different events and stuff in the lot, you know, like donuts in the lobby. And it just turned into this whole thing, which now is what it is. It's a whole month celebration of the last 30 years. Yeah. And if you have attended Grace Church in person and you came this past weekend or you haven't come, I encourage you to come because the museum out in the lobby is fantastic. It's like really cool photos and articles and picture and artifacts. Like there's artifacts, artifacts. different artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. From like all the way back 1991, all the way to now, including a list of every name who's been baptized. Every person who's been baptized. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is thousands. Yeah. Thousands, 3000 something. It's amazing. Well, praise God for Mary Lou Stewart. Shout out to her Mm -hmm. because she had tracked every single baptism Mm -hmm. that we have ever had. And I think she even kind of encapsulated their story next to, to the, the name, like one line about, and every message from the very first message Hmm. all the way through to present day, like in a spreadsheet documented, like, Amazing. We yeah. need to give her an official title of Grace Church historian. Yes, historian. for sure. She, yeah. She's been doing that on her own without being asked. And That's it's a, such a gift to have all of that. So the essence really is look back 30 years, but also like let's dream forward mm-hmm. yeah. for the next 30 years. Yeah. I kind of feel like the lobby is look back, mm. but what's happening in in the in our hearts, in our in auditorium, <laughs> the sermon series, I feel like is more look forward. Yeah. Uh-huh. In light of what has come before. Right. We're looking at, I'll, I'll let you talk about your sermon. I'll set up the series though. We're we're looking at first and second Timothy because Paul is essentially giving his, his mentee, his, his protege, Timothy instructions as the newish leader of the church in Ephesus. And it's like, okay, Timothy, you're, you're sort of taking, you're carrying on this mission to the next generation. Yeah. Um, and so that it, words of, of wisdom from Paul to his, to his protege. We thought we could look at that as words of wisdom to think about for the future of grace for the next generation uh, of grace. Yeah. All right. So you opened up second Mm -hmm. Timothy. Yep. And you focus on chapter one, mostly. Can you kind of give us the big picture or big idea of what you shared this past weekend? Yeah. I mean, the big picture was basically use your gifts for the kingdom. I mean, that I, it wasn't hard. It wasn't like a, um, I don't think first and second Timothy is incredibly hard to under, I mean, it really is words of encouragement and advice and challenge. And Mm. so in this passage, uh, it's the beginning of the second letter and Paul's in prison and he really wants to get, he wants to get Timothy prepped and ready to take over because he doesn't know how much time he has left. And so, um, he is really encouraging him as a young leader to use the gifts and passions that yeah. God has given him to carry on the mission of, of church planting and mm-hmm. leading. And so it was just an encouragement of that's what we're to do too. Like we are leaders. We are, no matter what age we are, we're called to use what God has given us to carry on his mission and to heal the brokenness in the world, whatever that brokenness. Do we know how Paul and Timothy knew each other? Yes. How? <laughs> he <laughs> Like, how was, did they meet? Uh, Paul on his first or second missionary journey, I don't remember which one, I think it's his second, was making his way through central, what is today Turkey, Asia Minor, and he visited a town, Lystra? Yes. In Derby, I think mm-hmm. is the name of the region. So Lystra, he's going through a town and and somewhere along the line in Lystra, he meets this this family, this grandmother and mother of, of Timothy, uh, what are their names again? Lois Eunice, and, Lois and, and Eunice, Eunice. <laughs> which I'm like, how are those names not taken off? I don't like, know. <laughs> we should have a lot of young <laughs> Christian girls named Eunice. Yeah. Yes. Eunice. That's a, yeah. never mind. Um, <laughs> okay. There's a line from a, from an old movie. What's up doc? Did you ever see that oh movie? Oh my gosh. I love that Eunice. movie. There's a person named Eunice. Yes. Somebody's going to love that quote. <laughs> yes. So friends of the pod, if you enjoyed that, it's for you. Barbara Streisand <laughs> and Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. Barbara Streisand. Uh, anyway, 
So he was passing through, he met Timothy and for some reason decided to take Timothy along with him. And so then Timothy joined him for the, like the next portion of his missionary journeys and became sort of, I think an important part of the church in Ephesus mm-hmm. of what, what God was doing there. So, so at some point he was like, Hey, you stay here, yes. Timothy. Yeah. And also he sent like at one point when he was in Ephesus, he sent Timothy to Corinth to bring a message to Corinth. And I don't know if Timothy looked ex- extra young or was young, but like even in the letter to, to in first Corinthians, he right. tells them, he tells them like, don't look don't down, look on, down him. on him. Yeah. Like, Pete, you need to listen yeah. to what he's saying because he's coming with my authority. Mm-hmm. I almost quoted that you, in the message. I'll be- probably quote it this weekend. Yeah, but I decided not, I, it just gets to be too much. So yeah. I'm like, something has to go. And <laughs> right. I don't. We've already said he already said something to him about being young in First Timothy, yeah. and I quoted yeah, yeah. that. So I'm like, I don't need to do the other. That's part and that's where my whole message is on that. Okay, that so good. Anyway, so so good. I didn't need to. I didn't need to do that. But um, yeah, I just I that's so the the whole to me I it was actually a great message be, to me because I'm. I get really, and this sounds, I don't mean this like unkindly, but I do get really frustrated when I watch people sit by and not, Mm. and not do anything. It's very frustrating to me. I'm like, how can you love Jesus with all your heart and, and believe in the church and go to the church and, but you don't really want to be the church and you don't really want it. Like, how can you sit by and have all these beautiful gifts and not want to use them mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. heal the world? Like, I don't, I don't quite understand that. So I just so desperately want people to get, get, figure out who they are and what yeah. they were, who they were created to be and use that to move the kingdom forward. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, I, and I don't want it to be frustrating. I want it to be joyful because right. I do believe that's where true life is found. I do believe that's where true joy is found. I do do believe it's really one of the best ways in some ways to cope with some of the struggles and brokenness in your own life is to focus on someone else's struggles and brokenness and, and try to, to help bring healing into their life or into systemic problems or whatever. I I just think people are missing out so much if they don't tap into that. So Something that was really stood out to me as I was listening to the sermon and reading this passage is, you know, this is a letter calling, calling Timothy, Timothy to something like encouraging him in his faith, but also like it revealed to me how important it is to have Paul's yeah. mm-hmm. in our life and how important it is to be a Paul to mm-hmm. someone else. Yeah. Um, so it's easy for me to like, if I'm not, if I'm not thinking too much about what I'm reading and I'm just reading it, it's like, oh, I feel encouraged now in my faith, but that's not, it doesn't feel like that's enough anymore. Mm-hmm. For me, it doesn't feel like it's enough anymore. I have to become the encourager, right. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We should be calling out each other's gifts and encouraging. That was, I think one of the things I said somewhere. <clears throat> and at one point you, you asked the kids in the room, if they had mentors, anyone in their lives. And I know like I was sitting next to my son for, I think it was the nine o'clock service. And that made me think of, okay, well, who does Jaden have in his life Mm. that he would consider a mentor? And who do I have in my life that I would consider a mentor? And who am I mentoring? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing, and you, we already talked about it, Lois and Eunice, Timothy's mother and grandmother. These are the people who kind of instilled this strong faith in Timothy. Um, it's, it's likely that they were Jewish and his father was a Gentile. So he was half Jewish, half Gentile. And it was their faith that Paul connected with and helped them understand Christ. So it's possible his father was not actually a believer. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Do you think Paul calling out these women by name is any significance? Like, yeah, very much so. I think he, he more than just to Timothy directly, like in the greater scheme of things, acknowledging two women, knowing how women were viewed in ancient. And he didn't just say grandmother and mother. He said, grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice by name, which to me is significant that he would name them. Keep in mind letters like these were meant, were not just meant for Timothy as a individual. It was also meant for the church to to hear and to be read. And so everybody in the church would have heard about Mm -hmm. Lois and Eunice. And I think Paul wants to hold them up as examples of Mm -hmm. their faith is strong and it, yeah. it's one of the reasons why your pastor Timothy is even here. So 
people of Ephesus keep that in mind as you. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't know, but everything I've heard like you and Tim and Dave talk about is like, I guess the assumption or expectation would be the most influential people in Timothy's life would have been rabbis or men sure. in their life, but he's calling out two women, yeah. which probably caught people's attention. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, verses eight through 12 stand out to me in second Timothy. He's in the middle of, Paul's in the middle of acknowledging Timothy's faith and then preaches the gospel to him Mm. in the letter, in the letter. Uh, basically like, Hey man, let's not forget, uh, why we're here. Yeah. (laughs) And then essentially preaches the gospel. Like Timothy had never heard it before. It, It felt to me like, I know he had, but he, he, goes through the whole beats of this is why we're here. Christ did this and this is why. And um, when he's encouraging um, Timothy, it it's just interesting that, I don't know, it, it, it's not enough to just be like, Hey man, you're, 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 you're okay. Like you're, you're here for a reason. You're, you're strong in your faith. Don't despair. Don't be scared. That kind of thing. But also like, let me spell out the gospel for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is not something that, and we'll get into this in a minute, but not something like when I'm encouraging someone in their, in their spirit or just pastorally or something, I'm not, I'm not thinking like, let me tell them all about the gospel. Like mm-hmm. they've never heard it before. Mm. You know, it's, it's like rehearsing the yeah. gospel. Yeah. Not that Timothy had forgotten, Yeah, you know, but I feel like Paul's doing this in his letters constantly. Mm-hmm. He's rehearsing the gospel and repeating the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly reminding you of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, don't be scared. Don't be afraid to step out and because look at why you do this. Like, yeah. this is the good news. This is why we're like, just a reminder. Hey, if, if you're feeling like you can't do this or you're feeling reluctant, let me just remind you why we do this and why it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the passage we're looking at next weekend, he encourages Timothy. This is in first Timothy four, but he encourages them again and again, teach these things, insist everyone Mm -hmm. learns them until I get there. Focus on the reading of the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Don't neglect your spiritual gift. He goes on and on. It's just like, keep, keep doing it. Give your complete attention to these matters, throw yourself. And so I think he's even doing it himself. He's saying, Timothy, look like this is why we're doing this. This is the big picture. This is what it's all about. And don't, don't, he says, don't get caught up in, in old wives tales and, and, you know, all these cultural, all this random stuff, talk about the big picture. And so I think he does that himself in the, his letters. He keeps coming back to the why. Do we know that Timothy needed to hear that? Like, was he, was there a sign that he was kind of losing faith or I listening I, to falsehoods or something? We don't know. What we do know is that there were false right. teachers in Ephesus mm. creeping in, teaching untrue things. And based on the context, we can assume that some in the church were losing faith in Timothy, or maybe they were starting to think, well, you're not as impressive as these guys. They sure know how to talk and mm-hmm. Timothy's not as good of a teacher or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm just piecing that together based on the context, but clearly Timothy needed an encouragement and a reminder yeah. to stay true to what, to what's real, to what's in front of you. Why are you here? Why are you here? Remember the elders called you to this. They put their hands on you and they commissioned you to this. Remember the spiritual gift that was called mm-hmm. out in you through prophecy. Like he keeps reminding him of, remember mm-hmm. like you're in, you're, you have, you're walking in the authority that I put that I have, like you're, you're my representative yeah. and, and I'm representing Christ. And it's this like, don't, don't forget. Mm-hmm. Well, and Amy, you said that this was Paul's last known letter. And that he was in prison when he was writing it. And so I'm just thinking if I have raised up a young leader and I'm passing the baton and I know the end is probably in sight for mm-hmm. me, his words in the first chapter of second Timothy uh, verse 13, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy spirit who lives within us carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. You could just hear his Mm -hmm. words of almost pleading Mm -hmm. that he would carry this baton, but that he would carefully Mm. guard these teachings Mm -hmm. that Paul has spent his life modeling. Yeah. Well, and I, I would think there is an urgency in some ways to it too, because of the, 
the false teaching that was in the in that particular church and it had to have been other places than to, like I would think that there would be like this may be it for me mm-hmm. I've given my whole life to this I know that you you have a strong faith too I've seen it in you don't we need you now more than ever mm-hmm. like like I I need you to to keep this going don't give up the good fight like yeah so yeah there feels like there's some kind of urgency a, a, a bit in the tone of it maybe it's interesting to me and he uses the word remember in verses three through seven he uses the word remember or remind mm. four times it's like remember to do this remember to do this remember to do this i'm reminding you to do this <clears throat> and as i'm reading this right now uh it's reminding me, it's like echoing when Jesus told his disciples, like, do this in remembrance mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know if he meant to do it that way, but now that I'm looking at it like this, he's using that word over and over and yeah. over. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's interesting that the night before Jesus died, he's telling his disciples, do these things in remembrance of me. Paul possibly, probably will die. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, the same things about Jesus. I think it, I think it's, it's regardless of whether he had that in mind or not. I think the idea of, of remembrance is so important because it is so easy to forget the big picture. It's so easy to forget the why. I mean, I'll speak personally as someone in ministry. I obviously have a lot of resonance with first and second Timothy because for a lot of reasons, but there are times when you just, you get caught up in the, 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 the grind, you get caught up in the pain, you get caught up in the, just the, the endless struggles of this or that. And you lose sight of the big picture. And then you start to wonder, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Is this even worth it? And, Mm -hmm. and so for when I'm reading first and second Timothy, I'm reminded of my own experiences of Mm -hmm. having gifts called out in me or, or, I mean, in my case, even like a prophetic word spoken over me that, that, help to shape the trajectory of my ministry. And like, I remember those things and it, it helps to elevate my perspective again, back to, Oh, that's why I'm here. Yeah. That's what this is all about. And so that's me personally. And I think as a church, yeah. we can do that too. We can get caught up in the, Oh, this isn't the way it used to be like, Oh, there's not as many people in the seats. Yeah, people are COVID saying this. And- people are saying this thing about that mm-hmm. thing, or I don't know if I like that programming choice, or right. I didn't like that right. song or whatever it is. Like what song did you not like? No, I like them all. I'm not, that's not <laughs> oh, that's no. like purely hypothetical, <laughs> um, but it's like, we get caught up in those things and that I'm becomes feeling aggressive. <laughs> that becomes the new narrative that we focus on. And it's, this is a reminder to us corporately to lift our heads up and remember yeah. the yes. why and remember where we came from. Why are we looking back at 30 years to remember who we are? So we know where we're going. Yeah. Right. So here are the ways Paul that I, I uh, recognize Paul encouraging Timothy and Amy, you, you called out some of this. He says, span your sp- fan your spiritual gifts into flames. That's one way he's encouraging Timothy. Another way, don't be ashamed of me or the gospel. Uh, another way, hold on to wholesome teaching and guard the truth that you've been entrusted with. Are any of those things particularly encouraging to you personally? Like when when you look at the ways in which Paul was encouraging Timothy, do any of those things feel encouraging to you? Same again. Fan your spiritual flames or <laughs> fan your spiritual gifts into flames. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Hold on to wholesome teaching and guard the truth that you've been entrusted with. Hmm. Good question. Thank you. <laughs> what about you? You you asked it. You well, for to, me, it's it's it's, it? it's really easy for me to brush past the like hold don't, don't be ashamed thing. But if I think about it, like I'm pretty sure there are are times in my life where I could look back and be like, I didn't really stand up for what I believe or my faith in these moments. Like I'm not ashamed of my faith, but there are times where I'm like, I wish I wasn't associated with that thing. And so I'm not going to stand up for Mm. that, my faith or the gospel or something, because I don't want to be associated with certain things. Uh, And it's made me timid or fearful of what people will think of me. If I do say that I'm talk about my faith or something. So it's encouraging, I guess, that, you know, someone like Paul's like, don't be ashamed. Like, this is why we're here. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. That's not real or that's not from him. 
Um, so that was encouraging to me. I think for me, um, guarding the truth, that's always one that, I don't know, that just kind of makes my heart jump. Like, yes, I feel that. I feel that as though Paul is talking to me. Yeah. Guard the truth. Um, or fanning the spiritual gifts that God gave us into flames. Amy, I think you said something about this in your message where it's not going to get fanned into flames by just sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. There, There's an active participation on our part where, yes, there's these gifts, but we've got to kind of stoke them and yeah. watch them grow. Right. Um, yeah. I was thinking, I didn't use the picture, but I, we have a fire pit in our backyard. And I just think about when we sit around the fire pit, it's not going to start by staring at it. Mm -hmm. Like we have to get it going. (laughs) And, and then once it's going, it's going to burn out if you don't keep, you know, you got to, you know, stoke the flames and the coals and, and move them around and Mm -hmm. put more paper in sometimes and lighten like you, it will burn out. Mm-hmm. It will eventually just die out if you, so it's an active participation in that. It's not, it's a cooperation between you and the spirit working together with the gifts that you've been given, but you can't just sit there and expect it to I wonder happen. if Timothy was like, Hey, I'm really good at these things. Or if Paul knew him well enough to be like, you are really good at these things. And Timothy was like, I didn't know that. Or I didn't see that because I think in my life, the times I know when maybe something is a gift is not because I'm like, I'm really good at this and people just need to know it's somebody draws it out of me. Like somebody says, I think you should do this. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's always how it's been for me. I don't know that I, when it comes to like spiritual giftedness that I've ever really seen in me, what other, what other people have called out me. And I, I think that whole fear and timidity piece too is, I think Paul called out a lot in Timothy and is still doing that from prison Mm -hmm. right now. And I think he's saying, look, don't worry. I might be going away. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You, God is not going to give you a spirit of fear. If you're scared, that's coming from somewhere else. And I'm reminding you of that. And you have power, love, and self-discipline. Those are the things that he's giving you. You are safe in his hands. You don't need me anymore. You can do this without me. And I think of like, even like being, you know, Dave Rod coming up to me and saying, I think you should speak. And I was like, um, I <laughs> don't think so. And he, and I was scared to death the first time I did it. And, and now, you know, he, he, w- I would say he was my mentor in mm. all of that. And now he's, he's not here anymore. I mean, he's mm-hmm. here, but he's not here. And so there, the, when you're, when you're a mentor kind of says, okay, you're going to do this. You could, I mean, the, the first few times I spoke, I would sit in the front row, sick to my stomach. Like I would second guess, why am I doing this? Why, why did I say yes to this? Why am I doing this? And I had (laughs) to pray every time through it and say, I, I can, I can do this because you'll do it through me. And I Mm. have, and so I just feel like that whole section Mm. is like you, the fear is coming from somewhere else, Timothy, you have power and love and self-discipline through the spirit. Mm -hmm. You can do this. Mm -hmm. You don't need me anymore. You yeah. don't need me anymore. And thank God, you know, for Dave Rod in your life, because you yeah. weren't yes. just going to sit there and think, you know what I should be doing? No. Preaching. Right. 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 No, no. But to have somebody call that out and then afford you the space right. to be able to practice and learn and grow and speak. Right. Yeah. So I had a, I had an interesting conversation with my sister who was visiting me this weekend. Um, and I didn't know this. She told me a story I did not know. But we all we all spoke a little bit at my mom's memorial a couple of years ago and um, you guys were there and someone came up to my sister after my sister spoke and said, man, it's too bad you are a woman. Now, this was a woman who said this to my sister. Mm. It's too bad you're a woman because you could really be like a great speaker. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> a woman said this to my sister mm. and I... I just was struck that it was at that memorial where you guys first thought, man, Marin, Marin speaks. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> so my sister and I had two completely wow. different experiences right. yeah. in the same location, mm-hmm. but it was all based on what someone else no, said to you. saw yeah. in us mm. and called out in us. Someone's, For my sister, right. it was essentially, man, it's too bad you were born a woman. God could have done so much with you. Wow. Like that's, 
what she was told by wow, this person yeah. we both yeah. know. I mean, I feel like that's the difference of speaking life into someone's life and speaking death. I mean, like mm-hmm. that, that to me is like this, this is death. This giftedness is dead in you because I'm saying you cannot do this right. because of who you are, where someone else is saying you can do this right. because of who you are. And thankfully my sister has a lot, a lot of, of those right. other voices, right. those positive voices in her church mm. and where she lives and her family and her husband. Right. But the fact that one person said that to her yeah. at all is, is <laughs> well, and I, I'll go back even to, I had to have Dave say that to me and continue to encourage me because there was a whole slew of other people opposition that were saying that were leaving because someone like me might do that, like might speak. And so I was like, I can't, I cannot. And he was like, yep, you can. Yes, you can. You can, you can do this. And so when you have everybody else in the world saying, yeah, she shouldn't be not, Mm -hmm. not can she, or can't she, she should not do it. You really need that other side saying, oh no, you should, and you will, and you can. And like, yeah. So, and, and I wonder sometimes maybe Timothy was feeling that maybe he was like, I cannot do this. Well, and maybe and other people because were saying he was to too him, young, you right? Yes. Otherwise, why would we have that scripture, that scripture about, about not about looking down young. on him yep. when he was young? Yeah. I, I feel like probably every person on earth has a way to discount themselves mm-hmm. or disqualify themselves mm-hmm. in their own head. We get in our head. Yep. I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too that. And it does take sometimes other people like Paul's, like Dave Rod's, mm-hmm. like yeah. you guys mm-hmm. calling gifts out of us, even though we might, we might put ourselves on the sidelines permanently mm-hmm. because we don't think that we're gifted or qualified. Right. Two, two weeks ago, maybe last week, I think it was last week. I got an email. It was forwarded to me, but it was someone explaining why they're leaving grace. Mm-hmm. And one of their bullet points was actually one of them was, was they didn't like you speaking, Amy. Oh. And one of them was I'm, they should have gone with someone older for the senior pastor. Mm. They were, they didn't like that. It was me. And so they left. Uh, there were other reasons, but you read something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when first, first Timothy sure seems to speak. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when you, when you ask which one of those things, yeah. the, the thing about fanning your gift into flames for me is, is what speaks to me because when I'm feeling that insecurity, more of my angst and insecurity goes into the things that I'm not necessarily the best in the world at. I'm not like, I'm not this whiz bang CEO coming in, <laughs> fixing everything. Like, I don't know. Probably cause I, you say things like whiz, whiz bang. Yeah. I know I've got to get that out of my, out of my vocabulary. Um, and, and what'll happen. And I've noticed this now after, you know, being in the role for over a year is that in times of stress and anxiety, I will find myself dwelling on my shortcomings or the the lack of experience I have in one thing or another. But when I'm fanning that gift into flames, whether it's the teaching or, or when I find myself, I can't, it's hard to describe, but there are seasons where I go through where I'm, I'm studying and researching something and, and watching videos that, and thinking about things and having conversations where I'm just, it, I'm, I'm like, things are churning in me and yeah. God is, painting a picture for how I could help people mm. of grace understand this biblical truth or that biblical, like when that's happening, like I'm alive, I'm, and I, and, and then when it comes finally time to actually teach it and I'm, and people are, their eyes are lighting up and people are saying, I never understood that before. Or, wow. That changed my perspective. You know, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, totally. I was called to this. Like yeah. I did. And so it, that to me, when I think of fanning my gift into flames, when I'm stressed, the last thing I should be doing is neglecting the research and the study and the thinking and the conversation and the teaching. That's what I should be focusing on. Cause that's the, that's probably one of the more foremost gifts that God right. seems to have given me. But I end up, my default is to go to the things that I'm stressed about and focus yeah. on my shortcomings. Right. And I'm, I'm positive that that goes way beyond just full-time ministry that every one of us, mm-hmm. when it comes to the things that God has called us to do, we get focused on all the shortcomings that yes. we don't have instead of focusing on the things that God has put in our heart that he has actually called us to, that he has gifted us in. Um, But that's what we should fan. And the rest of it comes along Mm -hmm. when you're in a great spot, when you're feeling like you're walking in the spirit and and you're seeing things come alive, guess what happens? You're a better CEO. You're a better, whatever, all the other Mm -hmm. stuff comes along for the ride. Anyway. Yeah. And then it's his spirit of power Mm -hmm. and love Mm -hmm. and self-discipline. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I love that. Um, It it brought me back to Acts. I think it's chapter one, verse eight. You will receive power when the spirit comes upon you and Mm -hmm. you'll be my witnesses. So why give us a spirit? New King James. Thank you (laughs) very much. uh, New King James definitely says shall. 
you shall receive power. <laughs> right. Um, ye, but why no. would he? Why would he give us a spirit of power and love and self discipline? Why would he give us that if it were just to sit on the sidelines and you know it could have been something different? Mm-hmm. He gave you a spirit of quietness. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why boldness? Mm-hmm. Why power? Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Uh, starting in verse eight, Paul it's nothing's about him. It's like with the strength God gives you mm-hmm. be ready to suffer with me mm-hmm. for the sake of the good news for God. God saved us and called us to a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made a, all of this plain to us mm-hmm. by the appearing of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher an apostle and a teacher of this good news. And then he says, this is why I'm suffering. This is why I'm not ashamed of it. Um, which is interesting to me because if Paul is writing this from a position of like, I'm probably going to die sometime soon, or I'm in, I'm at least in prison. Like, Mm -hmm. and he's saying, Timothy, this is why it's worth it. God gave me these things. God gave you these things. Like, this is why it's worth it. I was thinking about this and I was like, sometimes I get caught up thinking of God as like useful where it's like, I pray to God for safety for my family, uh, pray for things I want or need or protection. Paul saw God and what he hit the strength that God has these gifts as beautiful. He didn't see it as useful. He saw it as beautiful. And I think when you see God that way, you start to think this is worth something. This is something we're dying for. Mm. Like this isn't when I see God as useful. I'm like, I don't think about suffering, <laughs> you know, but I will, if I see God as beautiful and the things he's given me is beautiful. All of a sudden, if I'm living that way, I'm like, I will suffer for that, mm. for that. And so I, I just found that. And spread that beauty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And heal brokenness because of, the beauty that we, yeah. I mean, we, we have something to offer people and why would we not want to use our gifts to offer that to them? I also think going back to the power, love and self-discipline, I think that's very specific. Like each one of those is important to be used in conjunction with the other one. And mm-hmm. I like that whole idea oh, of power outside of love is, can be destructive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we did the deliverance that, that we talked to, I talked about in my message a while ago, one of the things mm-hmm. that the gal that had done a couple of them said to me afterwards is you cannot do it outside of love. Like there is so much power in that yeah. moment, but if you do it outside of pure love for that person that you are doing it for, it could be very damaging and very destructive. And I was yeah. like, that's the same with all of our gifts. It's totally destructive. If we mm-hmm. use the power of our gifts without the love and the self-discipline of knowing, mm-hmm. having the discernment and wisdom to make good choices and wise decisions in that moment. Like it's so important that they're all sure. three there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's power and self-discipline, but no love, right. it's abuse. Mm-hmm. If it's power and love, but no self-discipline, you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. If it's love and self-discipline, but no power, nothing's actually going to change. Right. So mm-hmm. you do need all three. Right. Hmm. Whoa. There's that, a, that someone write cool. a book. We're yep. writing a book. <laughs> um, does suffering need to play a role in our faith? Whoa. That is an interesting question. Because Paul's talking about it. This is why I'm suffering. You should be ready to suffer with me because of this, because of these things that I'm talking about. Does suffering and should it play some role in our faith? I think for us in today, it might depend on how we define suffering. Um, that's a pretty intense word. Um, and there are different degrees of suffering in Christendom Yeah, all over the world. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say go out and produce for yourself suffering. Mm-hmm-hmm. And I feel like there, there's some church history that would suggest that is what people thought they needed to do, mm-hmm. you know, go out and literally like whip themselves, like oh. to suffer for Christ. Like yeah. I'm talking like, you know, Martin Luther reformation time. Like there was series, there were seasons in the church where maybe that, that got taken out of context Mm -hmm. or, or taken a little too far. 
Um, but self-denial yeah. and self-discipline and not affording ourselves every luxury that's at our fingertips because we don't live for ourselves. We live and share yeah. our resources with others. I think, you know, to some that might be not suffering, but self-denial, you know, mm-hmm. that should be part of our, of our Christian life. And I think he's telling Timothy to be ready to yeah. suffer. And I think that each one of us should be ready to suffer. Um, but I mean, again, there's different degrees of suffering. And so, yeah. When you think about like carrying the cross or what Jesus says, sure. Carry your cross. Like that's like the ultimate picture of suffering. Yeah. <laughs> but Paul taught when t- Paul talks about suffering, doesn't he talk about like how that develops your character mm-hmm. and gives you hope. So there, there is different probably scales. Or, right. Trials. Yeah. Trials and, build the perseverance and the character and character hope. And Paul, I mean, this is, this gets really in, into some territory. I don't feel quite confident in getting into, I've still got a lot of thinking to do, but he talks about his suffering, even like being whipped and beaten and thrown in jail. He sees it as actually participating in the suffering of Christ, which is mind boggling. Cause you think you could, I, you'd understand him saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering just like Jesus did, but he's actually saying, no, Christ is essentially suffering through my suffering. And it's very weird. Hmm. And I, I got to look up the reference on specifically where he says it, but he talks about completing the suffering of Christ through Whoa. his suffering. And it's something like- Something to think about. Something to think something about. Something to think about. And it is really mind boggling, but it is it is so interesting that a lot of the early Christians, uh, I mean, they were the first time Christians were beaten, they rejoiced to suffer for the name of Jesus because it was like, yeah, we got to suffer for him like Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, think I quite get that, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm not there. And even like yeah. the martyrs that would die in, in yeah. horrible ways, they would, they would go to their death often singing and joyful that they were chosen to join in the suffering of Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the world I live in. Like mm-hmm. we suffer when we, when pumpkin spice lattes are out, right. you know? Yeah. Like, right. But when I am season, by the way, when I'm shunned by yes. my friends yeah. or coworkers or family because of my convictions and beliefs, Lord, help me to suffer and suffer with me. Teach teach me to suffer. And so again, I think there's just degrees of, of suffering. My, when my sister was here this weekend, we had a running joke called Western, Western suffering. (laughs) When when like the air conditioner wouldn't turn on Western suffering. We know we're ridiculous. We talk about certain elements of suffering, but then other elements like loneliness or tragedy or, or things Mm -hmm. like that are very much real and very much suffering. And I think sometimes even the people that leave you or walk out of your life because of your convictions Mm -hmm. or because of decisions that are made, or, I mean, when I was talking at the beginning of the message about the last 30 years of grace, I've watched a lot of people walk out of my life and they're no longer a part of my life at all anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's not suffering like Paul's talking about, but it's painful. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's hurtful to lose friendships. It just is. And I, I mean, in the last 30 years, there's been a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well, cool. Yeah. Let's end (laughs) end there. Yay. Uh, Yay. Fan your gifts into flame. Lose your friends. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh no. Well, if we don't, if we don't know how to suffer and suffer with Christ, how can we help anyone else around us who is experiencing suffering? Right. So just a very basic answer to your question is yes, absolutely. Suffering will likely be a part of the life of each Christian at some mm-hmm. point. I think the question is just to what degree. Mm-hmm. And I said several weeks ago when we talked about uh, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. I know there's a sound clip for that uh, where, where we talked about how the powers of the world push back. Great we, is Artemis of the Ephesians. There it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> we, the, the powers of our world push back on us. And if they're not pushing back, then there may be a reason why we're not suffering mm. is because we are very much living in line with uh, what the powers of our world are would like from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So what's next? What do we do? And what do we do in the rest of the month? Well, do- first I just want to say to everybody out there, what? get, get in the game and get busy. 
<laughs> and use your gifts. We yeah. can do this. Yes, in, we can. And you, you should be using your gifts and and living into your passions. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a broken world that needs you to do that. So I just want to end on a high note and say that. Okay, yeah. go. What's next? <laughs> well, all right. I have a question about that. Oh my gosh. We were just <laughs> is, going for this. Is getting in the game or put me in coach or using my gifts always requiring me to do something? What do like, you mean? Like- have you ever played a game without doing anything? All right. So you probably, when have. I think, of, <laughs> when I think of put me in coach, I'm thinking like, or when I'm thinking of getting in the game or something, that means I have to do, I have to serve at my church. You have to, no, I don't think, I'm not saying you have to serve at Grace Church, but figure out what your gifts are, how mm-hmm. God's gifted you, or, or maybe you've got it all figured out. Find someone to mentor and help them figure yeah. out what their giftedness is. No, I, I think it's all about figuring out what your, what your calling is. I mean, yeah. we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You were made for more. You have a calling, you have a destiny, figure it out and get busy yeah. and <laughs> in conjunction with, in conjunction with breathing and abiding and like, yeah. you No, it's not busy for busy sake. It's not like doing stuff just, to, it's because of, because we understand that our brokenness has been healed through Jesus. So we should care that there's a world that needs that healing too. Yeah. And we should be using our gifts to do that. Yeah. Even to- just taking steps to figure it out. Like I, I feel like I am still figuring it out. You know, I yeah. didn't figure it out and then get in the game. No, I think I got in the game and the Lord started to unfold over the last, what, two decades of yes. my life. Yeah. I, I, I- I think it's, I just think it's important to make the distinction that when I think of, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Get in the game. I'm not doing enough. But maybe get in the game is like be mentored mm-hmm. or mentor yeah, someone else. Yeah. Or, start somewhere. Yeah. It doesn't, you don't have to. And, and I don't want people to think I'm, I was just doing an advertisement for serving at Grace. Sure. We'd love for you to be a part of what's going up, but, but just care about the broken world and yeah. want to want to do something to help heal yeah. that. That's and really, there's, there's undoubtedly people in situations where they can't absolutely do much stuff. Right. Maybe you're caretaking for a, right. a sick family member or something. And so you're like feeling that anxiety of, well, I yes. can't, I can't serve follow, ask God to reveal your giftings and, and step into them in whatever way it looks right. like right now, even if that's purely focused on caring for someone who's, right. who's yeah. sick in your life, or like, I'm sure there are a lot of other people who are around and they're like, yeah, I love the idea of getting in the game. I don't know where to start. I don't mm-hmm. know what my giftings are. Like you just said, if mm-hmm. that's the case, well, start serving at grace and somewhere see yeah. and find out if it's a fit. And if it's not a fit, we'll give you a different ministry to check out and find a fit until you have that moment, that spark of insight of realizing, oh, I was made for this. Mm-hmm. In which yeah. case go in, God with all, rules. go yes. in head first, go in with all your energy and you will be stepping into your calling. Don't sit on the sidelines. Yeah. Amy, you also gave a very important caveat about, you know, you can play hurt, Mm. but you shouldn't play injured. Mm -hmm. And that just spoke volumes to me. And I I heard audible gasps in the room when Mm -hmm. you said that, um, because there was a church for me and a season of my life where it was like triage church Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) and I needed to go and just get well. Yep. But that's part of getting in the game. Mm -hmm. It's just- Getting yourself getting well. yourself better. And you should have people around you that are helping you get better. That's part of right. th- when you're in a space that you can be in the game or whatever we want to call it. Part of your job is to help those that are not in a place that mm. are hurting. Like that's part of our role is community to them. And I, that came to me actually Saturday morning. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do not want people to mistake th- yeah. that they've got to be doing, 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 and right. they're in a really bad spot or they're, so I was like, but yes, I got to yeah. say this. But if you're like a pro athlete and you, you hurt yourself bad in right. the game and you can't play, like the worst <laughs> thing to do is to just go sit on the couch right. and say, well, I guess I'm done. I guess I'm done. You got to go to physical therapy. Right. You got to get working on stretching and pre- right. preparing yourself to get back in there. So yeah, agreed. It's your in the past like six weeks, Barry with his Barry, force metaphors is just like coming in hot. He knows to, all about it. Look, yep. I will become all things to all people <laughs> so that I might save some. I, I in the dugout. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I, say the dugout. That was Amy. That was Amy. That's pretty I, awesome. Hey, there there is a dugout and I know which sport it is. It's baseball. I'm really not as dumb about sports as I fa- pretend to be, but 
Sports goals. But it is funny that I made, that I was talking about teams and I've never, ever been on a sports team in <laughs> yeah. my life ever. Never. I played little league baseball and little league soccer. So, so I, know a really thing <laughs> I know a thing or two. All right. So where do we go next? What are we doing? Well, we'll keep the series going. I'm going to be going into a passage that Amy mentioned that the passage uh, in first Timothy four, where he encourages Timothy to not let people look down on Mm-hmm. you for being younger. And here's the question that I've been mulling over, which you're friends, a grown up boy, friends of the pod. Think about this one. How do you not let someone else think less of you? Cause it's in their mm-hmm, mind. Mm-hmm. So that's the question I want you to think about before we talk this weekend. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. Cause I'm Yikes. pretty much like, I don't care. <laughs> well, there you go. That's one, that's one solution <laughs> yeah. well, to the problem. Right. We'll figure There's it out your message. There, I don't care. We'll figure it out next week. <laughs> All right. Don't even, don't even go. Just stand up, say, I don't Guys, care. I don't care. And sit down. I'm picturing the YouTube thumbnail that just says, <laughs> I, I, don't I don't care. care. Happy, happy anniversary, Grace Church. I don't less. care. All right, Mary, will you send us out? I will, because I care. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.